in the private group for a couple of minutes. I'm thinking what they would like to hear from you. And I think one of the things is, what about this uh, supplement that you designed? Hmm. How did you yeah. get into? How did you get into that? And what's it good for? Okay, so um, I am. You know, it's there's there's a part that you'll see me smiling about about both products, um, and I smile about them differently because one, I smile in a similar way as like a family member would smile about their loved one or parent around their child. Um, Copperine. Uh, Copperine has a, um, a, a, a an incredible starting point of, of gathering intel and hearing uh, from from friends that uh, that copper was being used uh, in China uh, mm-hmm. as as a way to com- combat this uh, this virus, um, and then a bunch of really nice sort of um, synchronistic events took place for me to start. You know, hearing that from numerous sources in different ways, and then uh, even hearing around somebody very specifically who had used copper um, very successfully. Um, it started out as a project of, uh, of water treatment to keep uh, the tubing clean. Uh, that um, you know, when you've got a large um, 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 chicken chicken runs mm-hmm. um hatcheries um uh, those lines they get clogged up um they get biofilm in them and so um this person who had explained this uh, use of copper um they had said you know originally they were um experimenting with uh with um uh, ionic copper and uh, nanocopper to um uh, as a way to stop biofilm growing in these um in these irrigation tubes but what they found very quickly is that the chickens weren't getting sick yeah that's interesting and, and the chickens weren't getting viral infections anymore and the chickens didn't need antibiotics and these chickens were thriving and these chickens were gaining weight without artificial, you know, uh, ways to fatten them up. And ultimately it comes down to the fact that we spoke about, um, you know, how far back technology goes. So uh, in Egypt, um, you know, they had a catchphrase around the time of Moses, which was um, copper gives life. It was like, um, you know, like the T-shirts now that say life is good. You know, back then they realized, and it wasn't just copper. It's it's very interesting to know that copper by itself um, is fairly toxic in the body. The body really doesn't like free-floating copper, nor does it like free-floating zinc, um, which is why they are antimicrobial on their own and why they work wonderfully Mm -hmm. as surfaces. But what the body really wants, and it's an incredibly intricate relationship, is the body wants copper and zinc to combine um, mm. and form uh, a copper alloy or um, as we know it brass um, Moses mentions it as to- as far as their uh, part of their solution to the plague he calls uh, he calls it the brazen rod um, and is that how they make brass they put copper and zinc together that's brass copper and I zinc. didn't know that okay yeah so yeah. The, and 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 so um, the, it's a it's considered a copper alloy and then you get the ratio and then you're into brass and the entire bronze age, and if you talk about, you know, sort of the um, over-exaggeration on what vaccines did to change our planet, you really actually have to give credit to, to the Bronze Age. Um, we are um, a remnant. Our, our health and hygiene, especially in Western civilizations, um, is, uh, is turning around now to the point where it's on a downhill simply mm-hmm. because we stopped using um, bronze and we've replaced it by plastics, um, but hospital beds, bed pans, um, the Seder plate, 
I mean, we talked about okay. Jesus. Jesus tell, would have been at the Last Supper with with a with a bronze plate. Tell um, people what bronze is, because we shouldn't assume that that's known. So that's uh, it's made with uh, with with copper and zinc. Um, and when when you when you essentially make um, when you copperine the way that we make it, it replicates a substance in the body um, uh, called sod one. Uh, it's in a category of um, of substances called dismutases, and it's a really fancy way to say scavengers of oxides. Um, these the structure of a dismutase is going after um, uh, essential um, um, uh, sort of steps along chemical processes that lead to oxides, and um, and as an endpoint, all of those um, all of those chemical changes ultimately um, the pathway is that they're eventually going to create more electrons and when you have free floating electrons um, you get into something called reactive oxy- uh, oxygen species ROS mm-hmm. and really the words can become very technical but um, what you what you're starting to uh, what you're getting into is um, the interaction of of some of the earliest um, uh, minerals and salts. Uh, okay, but you described brass and bronze the same way. Is there a difference? Yes, yeah, so it's the same thing. Same thing. Yeah, oh, just, just uh, different names. Just different names. But uh, okay. yeah, yeah, same okay. thing. Um, and so um, um, they are probably uh, I'll take a, a guess, and, and after this, I'll, I'll look it up. But um, brass, bronze, um, and copper alloys are all the same thing. But um, along the way, they've had various ratios of how mm-hmm. much uh, zinc and other uh, metals would have been allowed in them to take on those uh, uh, names. And they would have been given the names um, as um, uh, defining them as, as differences simply because they would have had different properties of malleability. Um, now, what we right. were able to make, and I worked with a chemical engineer and his team, uh, the guy's name was uh, Dr. Jim Laddie. He's uh, passed away um, uh, last year. And J- James Laddie was uh, a PhD chemical engineer that had really worked for the who's who of the biggest companies in the world. Um, but he had a quest uh, and I hope it was that this project was sufficient enough for him uh, before he died, where um, he found he loved all of his work and he was, he was loads of patents and he was a brilliant guy. But he, he, the space of his work never really gave him the opportunity of bringing a steward to the earth. Um, mm. he, he, he is a, as, an, as a chemical engineer working for big oil and big chem, um, he knew how to play the play, you know, play the roles, do the dance. Um, but, uh, there was a part to him that always wondered, you know, how, how do you do this work, uh, and, and truly have benefit for humanity? Um, right, right. Uh, uh, as a chemical engineer, I used him in a in a very interesting way. Um, that uh, I think at first, I out of respect for him, um, I found myself minimizing my own role in the development of copperine. But mm-hmm. the, the the integrity of the story is important to me, and part of it is is to encourage people to know how how often uh, experts are used. Where um, he was my sounding board. Um, um, and he was also my traditional approach where I would say, Jim, you know, what chemical would you use if you mm-hmm. were trying to achieve this? This is where I'm at with it. This is where, I, you know, what I'm trying to do. You tell me. And, and he'd come back with these, you know, really toxic substances. 
Yeah. And then yeah. I would look at them with him and I would say, right, break this down for me. What am I looking at over here? And he'd say, well, this is in the category of a surfactant. This is going to work like a soap. And, um, you know, this is, this is toxic because it's acting like this. And then I would say, well, wouldn't, you know, vegetable glycerin do the same thing? Right. Right. And he'd go, Dr. Braun, that's brilliant. <laughs> you know, and, 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 and there was this, you know, I wouldn't have got there without this back and forward where right. the, the, just like the, the, you know, the role that I'm, you know, the, the chemicals that I'm, that I'm working out that are helpful um, are all in the range of antagonists and, 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 um, and agonists. And in a, in, a, in a way that that was my relationship with him where I was pushing him and saying, there's got to be a way we can do that and still remain food grade with all of us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we got there. We got there. I, I'm not sure that he ever thought we would, um, to be what honest. Was the, what was the objective that you were chasing in this project? Um, my objective was to uh, create a soluble brass uh-huh. um, uh, that would be closely matched to the way that I understood copper and zinc were working in the body. I wanted to create a completely non-toxic um, uh, product that could be used um, the same way as a, def- as a disinfectant is used on a surface. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be able to use it on the human tongue, on the back of the throat, in the mm-hmm. nasal passages. And I wanted it to replicate what would be happening in, 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 the re- in the real world and in regular world um, without, any, um, uh, with, without any artificiality. I didn't, I didn't want it having complications where um, I was bringing in something that could have the effect. Um, uh, for example, silver is very much like this. Silver is, is, is incredible as an antimicrobial, but silver is um, extremely low in terms of trace amounts in the human body. Uh-huh. And so right. you've got to be very careful um, in terms of playing with nano silver that you're that you are staying within ranges um, where where yeah. the silver is not starting to be seen. It's uh, not a low a concentration because God was wishing it could be higher and just couldn't find enough or something. <laughs> Maybe. Mm-hmm. And also and also because the way that these things work, I mean, we are we're all the same. I mean, we all matter from the stars and there's a little piece of everything, which is, you know, also peculiar the way that we describe and we see toxins. For example, you know, I could tell somebody, Don't eat that apple, it's got arsenic in it. Yeah. Well, of course, there's there's arsenic in it. There's others who think that that form of arsenic is a cancer treatment. Right, exactly, and it is. I mean, yeah. um, and for every every poison used in the correct dose, uh, um, uh, can can bring remedy because ultimately all you're doing is you're striving for balance, and um, so that's the one product, copperine. Um, it's a good question. I don't know that my brain even allows me to think so directly in terms of endpoint. I think I was chasing um, a aerosolized um, uh, molecule uh, that could chase down. Uh, what I perceive to be uh, the um, the virus and its spike protein, and my original mission was pretty much very much like a SWAT team uh, thinking mm-hmm. uh, ta- a tactical approach that if this thing is if they're telling us that this virus um, is aerosolized, um, then why can't we just fight it in the sky? You know, why can't we fight it in the air in a room? Yeah. Why, you know, why do we have to you know, wear a mask or a PPE or whatever it is? Why can't we do what the world does, which is, for example, every time there's a volcano uh, eruption, and there's going to be a complete annihilation of life um, mm-hmm. around that volcano, the volcano spews out copper. 
um, uh, as a starter pack uh, to 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 uh, keep the, uh, the the microbes um, that are going to come with death and destruction. Um, it keeps it all uh, under check. Um, um, mm. And so I was thinking the original version of this. I was thinking, okay, if we could get something that was non toxic um, and we could use it in humidifiers, in rooms, in nursing homes, in hospitals, if people could walk through a mist. It was completely non-toxic, um, mm. and that's and we ultimately achieved that. And then and then I took it one step further, and I realized that part of the of of, of human nature and, and the human drama is that you have those that will risk an entire project by being uh, excessive with something, and you will also complicate it that if you had hospital workers who mm. wanted to walk through the mist, you would also have the same amount of people that said, I don't want to walk through a mist, I don't know what's in that stuff, and so mm. we went with a very much an empowered choice, which is, you know, we individualized this product, and we made it with a very uh, small handheld nebulizer, and we also have instructions that people can nebulize it, and people use it in a humidifier, and people, you know, spray their clothes with it, they spray their food, whatever they want, right. uh, as a non-toxic uh, uh, solution um, and then go ahead Le- leads right into the discussion which we will have time for another time uh, about the nature and the existence of viruses yeah so um, um, I I think what's what's um, easy for me um, around this concept is like I don't in everything that I've looked at um, uh, molecularly and uh, the structure and the charges, you know, when you look at the envelope of what they're saying a virus looks like, mm-hmm. um, I I leave room for the um, uh, very existence for viruses because all I'm seeing is a primitive um, jellyfish. Um, they are, they are um, um, you know, along an evolutionary chain. Uh, they are a group of proteins that stick together, um, that um, can self-organize, and they can um, encode so that they can um, ultimately, um, just like a typewriter, they can make more of themselves um, without much mechanical intervention. It's um, It would be the equivalent of... Um, um, uh, you know, a magnet underneath a piece of paper right. um, and you throw iron filings on it. And if you wanted to um, replicate a certain shape and you only wanted a certain amount of iron filings um, uh, that they'd reach a threshold and then no more would stick, the rest you could shake off, um, you could very easily without a brain or consciousness, you could create a self-organization simply just around um, ionic charges. Right. And so viruses for me are just the um, very early forms of, um, of life uh, as peptides. Um, they're mostly protein and they have um, the starting points of what gave us life where you can find um, early versions of, of glucose. Um, and that's about the, that's, that, that's about all that they need to be this, uh, um, this thing that floats around, that interacts uh, with, with, with all other beings. Are you getting feedback um, from people who buy the supplement, the copperine, of what benefits they're getting from it? Oh, yeah, Thanks. and both products. So the other one, um, without going into detail because it doesn't need much detail, the other one is a, uh, is a it's from the cashew nut. Uh, it's called anacotic, and it's basically an anti-inflammatory, anti-cancer, um, uh, antioxidant. And um, I think that even that, what I've, what I've started realizing, and I don't, I don't like it because I can just as much play into the same way that pharmaceuticals companies do it. The, the, the world, the world 
uh, we owe the world a much simpler language. Um, and so anacardic, interestingly enough, they call it anacardic acid, but it's an oil. And mm-hmm. antioxidants, anti-inflammatories, anti-cancers are just a fancy way to say um, an oil that has functional purposes in the body um, mm-hmm. that can play a role in, in, in creating balance. And so the feedback I get from people um, is um, quite wonderful in terms of um, the original unexpected uh, from copperine was a bunch of people told me that it helped to stabilize their glucose levels, that they were diabetic. Oh, that's um, interesting. Wow. Um, and there's a whole pathway to that as well that, uh, that involves sort of the balance. Um, right. and, and a part of it is just the clearing um, of, 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 of toxins um, that are creating the issues that then give you these other imbalances. That was an unexpected. Um, uh, another one was um, there are certain people where their earwax has been traditionally very hard and, and they land up um, getting ear infections and also mechanically have to clear their ears a lot. Um, right. And so because people are breathing in uh, um, copperine, um, they uh, got feedback from a bunch of people to say, wow, this is really interesting. It, it softened up uh, the, my, my earwax and my ears are clearing um, without um, much mechanical uh, intervention. And then on the anacardic, um, I think that the, the feedback I get, which is just wonderful, which is um, within weeks, uh, people write and say, I just cannot believe what this has done for my arthritis uh, or for my knee pain or, um, you know, I just, um, that, that's it. That's incredible that uh, this, you know, range of motion has improved. Um, yeah. And, you know, that's fascinating to see um, that it matches uh, the literature. In, in does that come in a capsule? It does. It does. Okay. And we're currently working on an anacardic plus uh, that will be anacardic um, um, and with a vitamin A, D, E, K, um, and um, specifically K2 and, um, and uh, resveratrol. Um, and I'm, I'm really building that um, and won't market it for this, but um, I really am building this uh, as those that are suddenly um, aware that the vaccine has essentially put them yeah. into a death spiral. Right. Um, those, that's um, in part uh, what's desperately needed. Uh, from keeping people from heading towards AIDS um, and quite immune deficiency. The, you're you know. talking about the anacardic. The anacardic with the anacardic plus with 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 vitamin. Um, the body, um, in terms of the chemical processes that um, that the spike protein induces, and the and, and not just the venom, but other aspects of it, um, mm. is that it it creates a endless cycle of hyperimmunity, and so. Um, in a perfect world, um, it's sort of like if you think about um, uh, what was that old uh, TV show with the conveyor belt with the with the candy, um, uh, the black and white, um, uh, like an old skit. Um, it will come to us, but in okay. in, a per- in a perfect world, I love um, Lucy. Yes, there we go. I love Lucy. Um, in a perfect world, the 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 resources. Uh, would match uh, sort of um, the the output that's needed. So if the body has been given this instruction um, that it needs to create this endless um, 
antibody production. Mm-hmm. Then um, if in a perfect world, if it didn't run out of vitamins A, D, E, K, um, uh, and it had, uh, you know, sort of um, the right chemistry and the temperature was right and this person was getting enough sunlight, um, they actually wouldn't slide into, into AIDS. They would, they would keep up they could essentially keep up that hyperimmunity, but if the conveyor belt was moving fast enough. But um, it's 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 virtually impossible to simulate that in in the real world. Um, the body also has other stresses, and um, you you're going to land up being deficient in one of those main um, vitamins. And then once those start crashing, as I'm sure you know, then others start going down with them. And, and ultimately you land up being immune, immunocompromised because the building blocks are not there. So you're really working toward a way to help the vaccine injured victims. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's a big and, deal. Um, well, I think that, um, I think I was right on, um, my, my own, um, Calculations were very similar to um, um, uh, David Martin. Dr. Martin uh, recently put out 700 million people at, at a minimum. Um, I think that's probably really conservative. It is no. conservative. It's conservative. And it's also um, the challenge with this is that um, you can try and work out sort of which would have the most or least impact. But you know, uh, 700 million lights going out. Uh, all at the same time um, would be devastating, um, but it would also um, be a sudden jolt. Um, there's in any systemic change, um, a massive die-off uh, comes with its own issues, but then so does uh, a, a slow a slow die-off. Um, right. Is 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 um, not only. Um, uh, are problematic in a different sense um, um, because it's, you don't get an opportunity to react to it. Um, you know, it's too. It's like the proverbial frog, frog boiling. That by the time people realize that there's a problem, it will be too late. But yeah. the other side to it is that that's where the opportunity lies because it is slow enough um, that those that want the help or those that realize um, what's happening to them. Um, they are ultimately going to need some um, pretty easy solutions to slow down this process. Right, and you're saying this is one of the major ones. Yeah, yeah, and I am, and 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 um, I can say that uh, um, um, because um, one um, um, anacardic is a wonderful antioxidant, but I'm also saying it because I'm not saying it in some form of um, absolute that it's the only one. The the key point over here is that to really understand. Um, uh, we have the science of, of this sort of death spiral. We're not starting from scratch. The, 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 the science here is, is essentially the science of longevity. You know, um, you know, there's been so much work over the last couple of decades on, on um, antioxidants and, uh, and, and, um, um, and, and uh, various forms of oxidative stress in our body. And, what, uh, about how- the pr- what about the presence of things like uh, graphene hydroxide and nanotech? Um, that are not typical stress problems yeah so you know i purposefully i think that that um it's just so that i can um, keep my focus i sort of gradually move into um, more of the obscure things that come out um i make sure that i stay at least um somewhat current with with information that's come out um Mm -hmm. but i haven't taken a deep dive in any in anything of that's more than likely there but still um 
you know, uh, it fits into the category of plausible, possible is there, but not enough for me to um, tackle it. Um, right. I, I also think that the um, there's, there's a little bit of an overlap for me in that um, even if somebody had purposefully put graphene oxide um, uh, and other nanometals into these vaccines, um, that's not dissimilar to what venom is. Okay. Venom, on, uh, venom on metalloproteins. So if you're going to start dealing with things that in the body have magnetic properties, mm-hmm. um, and then ultimately whether they are coming from graphene oxide or they're coming from uh, a series of amino acids that mm-hmm. uh, bind to metals and are now considered uh, synthetic uh, metalloproteins, the effects on the body are going to be the same. Um, and so that's sort of um, the, the easiest way that I can continue on the work without having to be 100% certain of what's in there and what's not in there. Yeah, 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 which is necessary. Well, if we get time sometime, that would be an interesting subject for a discussion. You know, just the overall focus of what do we do to maximally help all the vaccine-injured people that are going to be looking you know, I, I'll go back to, um, I hate to do this on, on, a, on a pessimistic note, but I use my own um, mom uh, currently um, who is vaccinated um, and boosted and is currently on another round of um, some form of flu or mm-hmm. cold. Yeah. And I you know, give her suggestions, um, some of which she um, has taken up from the beginning. Um, she's uh, doing great and is 76 years old and has survived yeah. through this pandemic and has had COVID. And, um, and part of it is that she's used coparine and antibiotic from the beginning. So right. that's been a wonderful gift that she gave back to me. The, the, the challenge, the challenge is that um, um, I, Without complete uh, sort of her saying, okay, um, explain why I'd be getting this kind of flu now and what would you do about it? Mm-hmm. Um, the information is the buy-in is, um, is much less likely. And, um, and so gauging by my own friends and family members, and somebody said to me, are people ready to accept that the vaccine has injured them in a way that they are, it's created systemic cycles of illness. And mostly um, what I'm a little head on, but it's starting to catch up. I know people are starting to talk about protein folding and amyloid um, features, um, yeah. but there's, there's something a lot more simple than what that, than what the um, spike protein does both in, um, you know, as COVID uh, viral form, if you want to look at it like that, or the vaccine. Um, it, it it really needs to be understood that um, that what what that endless cycle is is that it changes the immune system um, from an antibody driven system of making these fat globules mm-hmm. um, that that fit round things as, as a way to stop them. You know they change their molecular shape and weight. Um, uh, the body can't keep up with the manufacturing process of these resources. And so it starts going into um, methods that include fibrotic tissue. Mm. Um, and so um, in, a, in another metaphor that crosses over to other work, this is the difference between pursuing a subject 
um, where you're still in a vehicle chase and you've got lights and sirens on uh, to uh, a barricaded subject. And, mm-hmm. um, and, and whether somebody has been barricaded because you were chasing them or because they thought that was a strategic approach, it absolutely changes the lethality of the event uh, right. for, for the worse. Um, for everybody, because at the end of the day, the desperation reaches a, a new level when somebody doesn't have an exit point. Um, at that point, you don't know what you're dealing with in terms of um, uh, we've had numerous uh, you know, way to compare this is that um, there's been an uptick in people that create homicides and suicides and then take out first responders by setting their houses on fire or exploding mm-hmm. their houses. So a crossover is that this vaccine um, does that to the immune system where the immune system um, essentially blocks in the pathogens. Um, and instead of using uh, fat globules mm-hmm. and macrophages uh, to eat them slowly and digest them, um, they are uh, um, building nets around them with fibrotic uh, tissue um, and ca- capturing them um, and then um, eating them with corrosion, with acid. Okay. And, um, and so the destruction on tissue Mm. around that and the potential of clotting and the potential um, of, um, um, of other issues, um, systemic issues is much higher when your immune system is working. And the closest matches are pulmonary fibrosis, cystic fibrosis. Um, right. And then there's another version of this, uh, which is that the older you are, the more likely you are to switch over to that fibrotic system. The, the younger folk, um, the the issue with them is not fibrotic tissue, it's leukemia. If mm. they are not able to keep up with um, building antibodies fast enough, uh-huh. then their body will get an instruction to pull immature antibodies um, that are stored in bone marrow. Right. And so once you start drawing out immature cells from bone marrow, you're into leukemia. It's like using the 10-year-olds to join the army because you're desperate or something. Absolutely. That's exactly what it is. And yeah. so now you have a problem because once you start doing that, essentially what you're doing is you're also drawing on stem cells mm-hmm. and you're forcing them to come and be part of an immune system rather than all the other things that stem Where cells Where they're really into. needed. Yeah. And so that's the cancers. So... At your site, where are you going to let people have updates about what you're up to and how these things are developing? Um, I can say uh, yes to the best of my ability in terms of I'm I'm just I'm really splitting my time between yeah. um, you know fulfilling uh, you know managing to scale up uh, the coprin and anacardic and I'm working on two other compounds that are necessary okay. and then also just I mean the way that I find best um, uh, um, and why I you know, absolutely um, take up these opportunities and um, I'm honored and thrilled to do interviews like we did is that I, I believe that in a world that um, where the people have are struggling to find the truth. Mm-hmm. Um, it is important for people to hear um, verbal testimony yeah. and, and I'm, I'm totally fine to um, give out as much information as I can um, through the power of, of speaking. And, um, and, and I think that, that what that does as well is that um, even though occasionally I'll see comments from people about, um, 
you know, uh, that guy, um, you know, don't trust that guy. He believes in viruses or um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't trust that guy. He's uh, he's pushing supplements or something for the Where majority. Or you believe in snake venom too now. Right? Exactly. <laughs> I'm the originator. I mean, um, yeah. and so and so I think that what it's taught me as well is that allow um, when you allow people the space to listen to you talk, and especially when it's um, when you have somebody that's willing to push hard in questions, um, yeah. it does give people the ability to use their own BS detector um, uh, to the best of their ability to um, right. start being um, discerning. Um, it's a time-efficient way to get information out. Yeah. And then also, um, I think I do this, um, I try and do this in every time that I get an opportunity to get information out, is that um, I try and give out solutions um, that um, are much more about uh, thinking and being empowered and, and craving knowledge and curiosity. Right. Um, because that allows other people to go out and solve their problem. I'm, I'm, I'm sort of a, um, I am a role model for somebody who um, tackled a really challenging um, um, solution to this. I went out and built a whole new compound. Yeah, um, exactly. And I wasn't a chemical engineer. In and other I wasn't words, in you don't industry. have to feel helpless. Right. I mean, who was I? I just a guy that saw an opportunity of a new compound that the world needed and uh, right. was in the right time and the right place. Um, and 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 um, you know, deeply stubborn. I mean, um, um, that process of um, of taking something. Um, that ultimately could be created and scaled uh, in very toxic ways. And then I could land up with this detergent like product that would have copper in it. Um, You know, the stubbornness of turning away candidate ingredients at every turn and just saying, well, there's got to be a way of making that with food. And there's got to be a way that if I lick this thing, that right. it would be fine or spray it in my eye, it would be fine. Or if I overdose it. Life friendly. Right. It's, um, and so that stubbornness um, is also a stubbornness that I'm trying to encourage, and especially in the youth. I mean, I think right. that, that this, I can only be a role model to those that say, well, this guy can figure this out. Um, so can I. Exactly. Yeah, everybody's got potential they can't imagine, especially when they've been brainwashed to think that they can't do anything. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Which is, yeah, I think that, um, you know, wonderfully, uh, I, I, I'll end by saying that um, there's certain things that you can't, ch- you can't choose for your offspring, but my wife and I are um, uh, hugely independent and very stubborn, and um, it's incredible to see um, that you can give um, offspring the space um, yeah. where, where um, I'm not trying from day one. Um, my wife and I have decided we're not trying to get him uh, to, 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 to fit into a round hole somewhere. I suspect um, you haven't dumped your kids off at public school. No, and he's, I mean, he's very young, and so um, we're not even faced with that choice at the moment. But, okay, you know, good. we are making similar choices in terms of, um, you know, uh, who he's entrusted with in terms of, um, you know, being good. around him and keeping him. And, you know, um, um, it, 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 it becomes important, I think, at this time to really be, feel comfortable um, to define your value systems right. and, then, and then find um, non-obnoxious ways because it's very easy to take value systems and, and become obnoxious. Um, you know, you find non-obnoxious ways just to keep doing the things 
that are important to you. Thank you. Yes. And, and um, let's talk again. And, um, and thank you Anytime. so much. Anytime. We'll um, stay in touch.